0: Welcome to uh, I guess what we're calling a marketing corner.
1: <laughs> yes, marketing <laughs> with Casper marketing. and Jen. Yay! Yeah,
0: yeah. Welcome to marketing corner. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've been trying my hellos a lot, and I can't. I, I haven't nailed it yet.
1: No, but definitely your your introduction voice is way better than mine. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So. <Platter>. Uh, <laughs> so I think we're well, welcome.
0: To we're uh, Jen and Jen and Casper. Uh, talk about marketing and and today uh, Casper what are we going to talk about
1: yeah we're going to talk about uh, a topic near to my heart lead ads versus branding Uh, everyone keeps talking about should you do lead ads should you do branding and or should you do both or what you should do and I think there's a lot of different uh, opinions on this and uh, I'm not sure we have the correct answers but we definitely have some opinions (laughs) so lots of those yeah yeah lots of those (laughs) So uh, can you just uh, maybe just uh, recap very briefly, if you're in like, okay, if you're listening to this episode, you probably know what a lead ad or branding is, but in case you don't, then uh, Jen, what is, uh, what is a lead ad?
0: Lead ad, uh, I guess it depends on your own definition. My definition of a lead ad is a lead generation ad where someone fills out a form um, and gives you their details and they want to learn more about your product. Mm. And that uh, will go, sometimes we'll call that an MQL, a marketing qualified lead where someone um, actively wants to learn more about your product. Uh, and then that's something that we would pass on to sales. How about you?
1: No, I would say the same. And that's the technical definition, right? And like, mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, in, the, in the broader terms, it's more like it's the approach of working towards getting people to sign up to try your product. Like exactly. it's, it's it's not, not you're not talking about the whole company. Maybe you're talking about, hey, I want you to try the product. Yeah. It's very, um, It's If you look at it in the funnel perspective, I always try to explain it as like it's very down the funnel. It's very close. The people who are trying to buy your product, those are the ones you try to target with lead ads or lead generation, right?
0: Absolutely. Or you hope to
1: catch the most of, at least.
0: The kind of higher intent, uh, the people who are ready to go, as opposed to, you know, we also have leads where people sign up for a webinar. Not the Mm. same
1: in my world. Uh, No, exactly. That's not an MQL. no, exactly. I think we get we get to that in a sec. Then, cool. then what about the so branding? Everyone knows branding. What's your definition of branding and Dixa, uh, or like in general?
0: It's more upper funnel activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, you know, webinars, um, content that you put out into the world, uh, maybe events that you host. Um, so it's kind of getting your name out there. Employer branding, um, product branding. You know, what do people associate when they hear your name your company name mm. um as opposed to lower down the funnel when they're ready to buy something
1: yeah yeah i totally agree i think like branding for me also encapsulates everything like it's just like uh, True. almost <laughs> everything you do you can always take yeah we're kind of doing branding but uh, mm-hmm. which is also uh, a benefit but also definitely a drawback of uh, branding in general i think it's like in, in always talk with some other marketeers as well and i think you and i share the same it's like sometimes it's a little bit of a in Danish, we'll call it a, a few. It's more like, uh, be like, uh, it, you're, you're not really uh, happy to admit you're doing branding because it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm doing this uh, branding thing. It's like, it's a bit really fairy, fairy kind it's of. It's a bit fluffy, right? <laughs> yeah, fluffy. Yeah. So, yeah. But
0: it's crucial. And I go between demand generation and lead generation. I don't know if this maybe is just me, but I feel like everything you do is a demand generation. Yeah. So even if you do an article as to top 10 reasons you should change softwares even if you don't specifically mention it, you're kind of creating that demand. You're creating that, like, oh, I should learn more about this. Lead generation is, you know, your lower funnel, your Google ads and stuff, your uh, your review sites, which you talked about in the last episode. Yeah,
1: um, but, yeah and I think uh, this brings me to the f- one of the first things that, uh, bring up is that, um, this, so there was a study conducted by uh, two, uh, two guys called uh, Lespinay and Peter Field, and it's, it's a pretty well-known study, so go look it up if you haven't seen it. Essentially, what it, what it looks into is the difference between focus on say, what they call, they call it sales activation versus branding. And, and I think the, the big question that always pops into every marketeer's head and every uh, manager of a marketeer is how do you divide between the efforts? Mm-hmm. Um, I th- some of it overlaps, there will always be overlapping, but do you do 80-20? I think that's the case for many companies, like including myself. I've been a lot of an 80-20 man where 80% lead generation, 20% branding, but... Mm-hmm. What they're actually proposing in their study, and here we talk, uh, there's, you should go read the study if you want to catch the whole thing, but if you're interested in just the B2B side of it, you're looking at, they actually recommend that you do around 54%, 54, funny number, but 54% -hmm. uh, activation, so lead gen, Mm -hmm. and then 46% branding, Mm -hmm. which is uh, quite different from the 80-20 I was just talking about. so I like. have you ever done something, have you ever done that much branding uh, in, in any company? Well, I've always had lead gen as my main focus until recently mm. in my new role. So
0: I was always very heavily focused on the lead gen side. But what I had seen when I did experiments is when we turned down branding, the lead gen side went down as well. So there was an immediate correlation between, let's say, not pushing as much content out, not spending as much maybe boosting Um, blog posts and things like that there was an immediate correlation between shutting that off and the amount of leads coming through and the quality of leads coming through because that's something else that branding is is going to do for you is going to educate that audience into what Mm. you actually do and that's really important for b2b we're not selling shoes or handbags or anything like that we only want certain people right becoming leads
1: yeah and so branding
0: is pushed through the funnel people who are the right kind of leads now in my new role yes i see i see branding a lot more cuz i'm overseeing all marketing initiatives
1: yeah and, and i think uh, and i think you bring up a good point in saying like um, like i think the problem that's always been like at least for me and i think it sounds like you've had exactly the same problem is like the the problem is not that i don't believe in branding like I absolutely, I grew up with two parents who my dad wrote books about branding, like my okay. mom is worked at a marketing agency. It was all about branding. Uh, so, and I definitely, uh, but the problem is in today's world, it's hard to prove like you mm-hmm. can, like you're trying to prove it here by saying there's a correlation between if you turn it down and then uh, then something happens. Right. And we could see to uh, I remember templifier was like we did initiatives and suddenly we have a lot of direct traffic um, mm-hmm. like, okay. Uh, we would have a lot of branded searches. Uh, people searching for our brand. Where are they coming from? They're not mm-hmm. happening on their own, right? <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so there's the 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 issue with branding for me has always been like I could prove that something else was working really well. Then why take the risk of doing something I can't prove but I think might work as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you bring up a really great point. I mean, you know, the lead gen side of my brain and what a lot I think of people's managers out there who are listening, they say, show us a return on investment. Mm. You know, you spent X amount on these different channels, which one drove the most business. And in a lot of cases from my, where I've worked in the past, it's Google ads. Great. Then double down on Google ads, but look further. What's the next level? Well, actually it's, it's branded searches Mm. that are driving the most business. And no one just comes up with the name Dixa or the name Plan Day or anywhere I've ever worked. No one just randomly searches for that. There's something they've seen somewhere that made them want to search for that. And so I think um, the problem is I don't know what. And that's where you have this problem of, you know, turn up what works, right? I get told that a lot. Turn up what works, turn down what doesn't work. And the problem is if you look on the face of it, yeah, maybe I don't have a ton of people visiting that ebook. But they've seen something somewhere. I don't have a lot of people coming through Facebook. But when I turn Facebook down, I see people Googling us less. So yeah, yeah, there's that danger of pointing to something and a lot of management. And this is because they have different objectives. They're looking at ROI, they're looking black and white. This is where you're spending too much money on this, and I don't see a return. But in marketing, everything is interconnected. And that's the danger, I think, when you rely too much on data is you make it too black and white. And then you could risk. Like you said, tinkering with something that maybe doesn't need tinkering, or yeah. turning something off that does, that is actually working.
1: No, I, I think you're uh, exactly right. And one thing I also thought about, and this is a, they also bring that up in this study here by Field, is that uh, this really resonates with me. That branding, if you look at it, is a compounding effect. Where, <laughs> where like if you think about it, like if you do some lead act, like let's say we do lead ads right now. And uh, let's say for the, for the fun sake of it, that we're a little bit bad maybe at uh, doing the follow-up, which is another point we get to, then, mm-hmm. then it only lasts for a certain amount of time. Let's say you're doing a campaign that only lasts November and you're going for the, for the people who are ready to buy. You're not building the people who are going to buy your product in six months or in 12 months. You're going for the people who are ready to buy your product right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, I think, and then they uh, buy it and that's it. That's <laughs> the, Exactly right. That's they're what, not going to be return
0: happening. customers they're not going to buy from you again if it's a, if you're
1: b2b yeah yes exactly and 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 that's why you also also need a mix of it uh, i think it's, it's a great point is that you need someone to pick up that steam that you're creating so the branding is creating the steam but your your lead generation needs to pick that up like uh, mm-hmm. if you're not picking it up then like i don't know what you're doing and I think, uh, <laughs> but this like whole idea of compounding effect, I think that's really powerful. If you suddenly create something where, cause uh, both for Dixa and Templify where I used to work and compliant where I work today, it's more like um, these are not like your day-to-day decisions, right? Like uh, it's mm-hmm. not like you start the day out and say like, now I wanna buy a template management system or I wanna <laughs> buy a compliance management system or whatever, right? Like yeah. that's a process. It takes, sometimes mm-hmm. it takes a year for them to decide. Mm-hmm. So it's all about timing. So you got to be present in their mind. And if you haven't done anything to stay present, but only like, and that's why lead gen works because sometimes you get them right when you know when they're thinking about it. But other times when it's not working, that's because they're not really considering it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really, you bring up a really good point. I mean, again, we're not selling consumer goods we're not selling shoes and someone's like oh those are nice i'll buy those this is a long process i mean we have anywhere i've worked it's been between three to 18 months depending on the size of the client um sales cycle you know that's a long time and they're not just going to look at my you know facebook lead gen ad and go yeah cool all right done no they're going to google the hell out of you right they're going to be checking you out on all your platforms they're going to be looking at you on review sites which is why it's important to be present. Which, uh, <laughs> listen to the previous episode. Listen to the first episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, that uh, was very you know, smooth, and. Jen, very smooth, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and their average, you know, B2B needs what, eight to 12 different touch points. So, yeah, it's all good to have this lead gen and to be active in the lower funnel. But if they Google you and you don't exist anywhere else, or, you know, they can't find anything that kind of that social proof or you know anyone else who's talking about you then you're going to lose weight and I think I can't remember the statistics I wish I had come with this but you know they they did a. I think it was Harvard Business Review did a study that said if you have better social proof 72% of consumers are more likely to pay more for your product than if you don't because not only are you going to go for um, you know, the best price and what fits you. But if you're neck and neck with someone else, but you have this other stuff, they, you have a presence, you have a brand, people are willing to pay more for that because they feel more secure.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think uh, one thing that's really important to talk about as well, and maybe we can move into that as well that kind of goes with this, is that when, when is the right approach to start thinking about this? Um, and I've I had multiple. So actually, I had a discussion with a guy called um, Lomb- Mr. Lombardo from LinkedIn. Um, hashtag Mr. Lombardo. But he's like, uh, he's one of the head strategists of like uh, LinkedIn. I can't remember his official title. Anyways, he talks a lot about this study and a lot about brand building. One thing where I remember fundamentally disagreeing a little bit is that at what point of your cust- like of your company journey should you be focusing on either? I think, like in the case of Compliant, we're 14 people. We can't afford to do uh, to do a like a full like let's say 80/20 where we focus on branding. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're doing only branding activities right now, we would go out of business very very fast. Because uh, mm-hmm. like, while I want to build brand for the next year or two, it's gonna take a year or two. But I need to like make a customer before that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. So I think there's like I don't know what your viewpoint on this is, but but definitely I think there's a, there's a difference. Yeah, for me, you, you shouldn't talk about this branding as an as a discipline, if that makes sense, before you're at least like 50 people and have some proven traction.
0: Um,
1: hmm. I don't know how do you think about this.
0: I might disagree with you for the mm-hmm. first time in <laughs> our couple of year relationship here. Uh, it's um, fine. I can, but I hear what you're saying. I, I completely understand what you're saying, but I think. It's, it's a chicken and egg, isn't it? Because mm. if people have never heard of you, why are they going to Google you? Why are they going to click on your ad? Um, so I think, you know, for my team, for example, I have a very lean team, I would say, where my team is 80% branding and 20% lower funnel. And that is a number of factors, including Corona and maternity leave and things like that. That wasn't, you know, that's, that's not what we're going for. It's a situation we're in. But actually, because I have this content machine pumping away and getting all this really great stuff out and the people are coming naturally. So I can, as one woman army in in the lower funnel, I can kind of maintain these ads a little bit because Mm. I have so many people coming through because they're seeing us elsewhere. Now, in in my ideal team, I would have equal number of people Mm. and that's what we're striving for. But if you're not making a name for yourself, no one's gonna find you. And so when I get by people,
1: sorry. But if we talk about like, uh, let's, if we take a, I really like your point. So if we take a step back Mm -hmm. and say like, so uh, 80% of your team is focused on brand, let's say, uh, focused on brand activities and, and 20% on lead generation. But is mm-hmm. the, does that also reflect in the spend levels? Like the uh, more ah. you spend? Exactly. And I don't think no. that's the <laughs>
0: yeah, so, in, in terms of resources, yes. But in terms of spend, we're obviously, we're willing to pay a lot more for a lead than uh, a click. Um, yes. So yeah. So we do invest heavily, much heavily in leads at the bottom funnel. Yes. Yeah. And, but not necessarily in resources, but in in finances. Yes.
1: Exactly. And I think I think that's that that brings up uh, maybe my point of it is is that it's like a very fine-tuned balance. Like you have to mm-hmm. find a balance that works for you, but you can't disregard the other. I've been I think in the mm-hmm. past I've been a little bit maybe too. I've easily uh, neglected the the value of doing branding, also personal branding, which is a different topic for a different day, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, an employee branding as well. But I definitely I definitely think you need to have a mixture of both, which is also there. Like the study kind of correlates a little bit with what I've been feeling lately. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've been seeing in the market that that's just like um, it's not it's not enough to just do lead ads anymore and just only do that. Which brings me to a point I want to bring up to you. So what do you think is like, a, if you had to say one thing that people, the most that people don't do when they do lead ads, that they definitely should be doing, what, what would that be? I think it's a leading question. There we go. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh.
0: <laughs> well, um, in terms of lead ads, yes. I think you have to, what happens after they become a lead? Oh, thank um, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I read your mind. Yeah. No, I think it's so true because it's it's, yeah I mean you can you can pay you know 200 bucks for a lead and then if nothing happens with them and they get cold you've just wasted that money and they give you their name and their email and their phone number and their company name or whatever other fields you ask for if they're not ready to go and Mm -hmm. so if you don't do anything or you make the process so complicated that they just lose interest Mm -hmm. um that's where yeah that's that's kind of the next level of lead gen is what happens when that when that person comes then says yes I want a demo they, I, I saw a talk once where someone called it, um, you know, they were talking about planet marketing and planet sales. And um, they, they called marketing's approach the uh, NMFP process, which was uh, not my fucking problem. <laughs> so it was kind of once that lead comes in, marketing go, uh, yeah. not my fucking problem, sales. Go in there and, you know, sales will turn around and say, this was a shit lead or they weren't ready, you know, but, but it's that kind of like, we're done with them now onto the next. And I think mm. that's, that's a uh, dangerous. And you need to simplify that process to make it easy for the consumer, not for yourself. Don't make the consumer fit into your organizational chart. Yeah. You have to.
1: I, I 100% out. And I've seen it so many times, like, uh, and like, it's a, it's a, maybe this is a topic for a different uh, day, but like, I think going into like, Marketing should definitely be owning the whole process. Like that's something I always talk about at least as as you also brought up here is that you gotta be able to say, I brought in this lead, but I'm also following up if anything's happening to him. Like, are you Mm -hmm. people talking to him? Are we sending him the correct emails and stuff? If you Mm -hmm. don't do follow up on your lead ads or any activities in general, you're missing out. Like you're losing Mm -hmm. so much on the floor. A cool story where uh, without mentioning any names, let's just call them a really big company. Uh, <laughs> uh, I heard some inside stories from, uh, from some of the channels, uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and stuff, and uh, this, I think this is a LinkedIn case. Where this big company would do, uh, had done a campaign, a lead ad campaign uh, collecting information, I can't remember, uh, email and content information, right? And then, mm-hmm. uh, I think they collected close to something like 5,000 submissions. So we're talking serious buck here, and they didn't do anything to these guys, to these people for the first two or three months, I think. And then after two or three mm-hmm. months, marketing would go like, here, here, here you go, sales. Here's uh, five thousand leads. How, how how well did you think that go?
0: <laughs> did my sound <laughs> did my sound come through? Yeah. I mean, what is it? Basically, every hour that goes by, they get colder and colder. You know, exactly. we did, a, we had the setup, actually we had a really sweet setup at plan day where um, if someone was in the right um, sort of demographic in terms of, uh, we 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 looked at company size and vertical. If they came into that sweet spot, they were called in seven minutes. Okay. From the moment they filled out that lead gen form to the moment because, and even then people were like, I never signed up for this. And you're yeah. like, you just did it you know? seven <laughs> minutes ago. Seven minutes ago. And they're like, you know, so that's the, and if, Five months, four months, like come on, man. I
1: don't. If they're
0: if they're books. doing it for you, they're doing it for everyone else, and the first person to get in there is gonna have a better
1: chance. It hurts me to my gut, right? Like it's gut wrenching <laughs> to hear these stories. Uh, but it's like it's not it's not unusual. Like so here, it was no. a big corporation I'm talking about. But like I've consulted a few businesses where they've done lead generation, and so and I'm gonna go like what what happens uh, when they when they sign up? Yeah, every week I gather them like uh, every Friday or Monday, and then I send them over to sales. I'm like,
0: so no, if no, I no. sign up on a Monday. <laughs>
1: Then I get called the next Monday, meaning a week later.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like it's over. Like I'm done. Yeah. I can't. I can't remember what I did last Monday.
0: Like uh, yeah, yeah,
1: uh, yeah. Absolutely. So so you gotta have like if you want to do lead ads, you want to do this. Like you gotta have to follow up. Do it with either like um just uh, like do it with your tools. Like we use HubSpot here, but also mm-hmm. the if you don't have HubSpot, the, I just set it up for a, for a person the other day. I made a Zapier integration into his Gmail. So every time somebody mm. signed up, they would go through Zapier over to Gmail, they would get an mm-hmm. email, boom, it worked and it works. Yeah.
0: And if you are smaller, I mean, we also have a similar setup where we have a uh, HubSpot and then Salesforce and the yeah. sales team look in Salesforce. We look in HubSpot, but we have that integration, but you know, maybe a lot of people don't have those resources, but we had um, like what you said, setting up a Zapier connection so that they mm. get notified. We also have, um, anytime a lead comes through, um, a message goes out in a channel on Slack so that at least you know, the, the different people who, depending on their region, depending on their area of responsibility would get a notification that, hey, this lead has come through, act on it. And they have to, they have to make a mark you know, using a, an icon that they're on it so that we know someone is looking at it right away.
1: Exactly. And uh, I think on on that note, uh, let's uh, call it a quiz for this. Do you have anything uh, to add on a uh, last note, uh, Jen, to this topic?
0: I think my my last note is this is for me the eternal question, um, mm. and for a lot of marketers, is how much branding, how much uh, lead generation. Um, I don't. I, I think that that study is closest to the answer. It's kind of a fifty-fifty. Um, but then. It, we're not always the budget holders. We're not always the decision makers. And so it's having that data and having that information when you do have to make that justification as to why you need to invest just as much in branding as you do leads. Um, And I'll just leave on a parting note of, uh, when I was at Plan Day, we did do an experiment where I turned off upper funnel campaigns and upper funnel initiatives, and we immediately Mm -hmm. saw an impact on the leads at the bottom of the funnel. So there is a correlation. And sometimes just because you can't point at it and say, this is what it did, doesn't mean it's not doing something
1: exactly and i think the, the best i think it was dave gerhardt from uh, i think it's privy now he said it like i think he said it the best way ever i've always uh, i i'm a i'm a just like you i'm a data kind of guy and it, but at some point it it comes a point where you go like if people are talking about this, if you're getting more traffic, direct traffic, more leads and it's working, and you can just see like the more you do this thing, whatever it is, and if it's branding in this case, and it seems to be working, you're closing customers, then that's sometimes that's good enough proof for you. Like sometimes that's enough to know that you're doing something right. That's uh, an outcome uh, razor, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Usually the simplest answer is the right one. It's exactly. It's a combination yeah. of all of our efforts that's making this happen. Exactly. Yeah.
1: On that note, let's call it quits. Thanks for tuning in and uh, tune in uh, next week where we talk about, um, I think we're talking about attribution next time. So Mm -hmm. perfectly, perfect lead in actually. Yeah,
0: stay (laughs) tuned.
1: Perfect. Thanks guys. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.
0: Bye-bye.